It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. New news on Thursday that Jeff Bezos may be getting in on the sale of the Washington Commanders after all. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app for your Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick. We thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. I'm David Harrison of Commander Country Park Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation on Twitter at dharrison82. My co-host, Chris the Rooster Russell, back like he never left. Both of us, members of your credentialed media covering the Washington Commanders, Chris is doing it for the Team 980, where you find he and Pete Medhurst Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern or anytime on the Odyssey app. And in writing for the Command Post, a subscription-based newspaper magazine. Absolutely. I'm back. And uh, I wish I was better than ever, but I'm not. Uh, (laughs) This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Some important people were in attendance at Eric Bieniemy's introductory press conference on Thursday in Ashburn, Virginia. Things went pretty well. We will discuss all of that coming up. But first, before we get into that, David, there's news on the ownership front. And I think this is pretty significant. We found out mm, right around 4.15 or so Eastern time on Thursday afternoon that Jeff Bezos, according to the Washington Post, a newspaper that he owns, by the way, and reporters Liz Clark, Mark Maskey, and Nikki Javala, all with bylines on the story, has hired an investment firm, Allen & Company, the New York-based firm that has handled the most recent sales of the Denver Broncos, of course, last summer, and the Carolina Panthers back in 2018 to, quote, evaluate a possible bid for the Washington Commanders. Obviously, this is significant, but why in your eyes? Uh, I mean, it's significant because it's just it's one more 
I got a shoe that has to fall, I suppose. I don't know. In, in this story, there's like seven shoes that have to fall. So I don't know if that's really the right analogy to use in this in this instance. But look, I mean, go back to the very beginning of this thing where, you know, owners started. There were kind of rumblings, Jim Irsay's comments at league meetings during, you know, during the season and all that stuff. And the writing has been on the wall or the smoke has been billowing up from from Command Central uh, for for a long time. Since I mean, since honestly, since before I joined this show, you know, over two years ago now. Um, that the Dan Snyder's time as an as an owner in the National Football League was going to come to an end. The, the questions really were, when was it going to happen? How long would it take? Which kind of the same question in one. Um, and how much resistance was Dan Snyder going to put up uh, to it? And we've found out that it's he's going to put up maximum resistance. It's going to happen. Dan Snyder is going to become part of the class of former NFL owners. He and Jerry Richardson and the other former NFL owners out there can all go retire into their piles of money and laugh in rich, you know, tones and, and all that stuff, but they're no longer going to be a member of, you know, arguably the most exclusive club, probably on, on, on the planet, if not at least this country. Um, but nobody, I mean, nobody thought Jeff Bezos wasn't going to enter this, this race. It, it makes too much sense for Jeff Bezos to not to be in this thing for him not to be in this thing. And we mentioned it before when the story broke that he went to the Washington post headquarters and was like, Hey guys, we're not selling. And, and we, I said it on this very show. The fact that he actually went there to tell his employees I'm not selling means more than ever that he's selling because he's going to buy the Washington Commanders. And I don't even work there, and I'm sure the people who work there knew that better than I did. Um, nobody's, nobody should be surprised by this. Um, and I think that you know that's the initial significance. Um, you know, So I'll, I'll leave it to that part of the discussion right now, but that's the initial part of the significance is we knew it was coming. So now that it's come, it's just one more drop in the bucket eventually this bucket's going to fill up, spill over, and Dan's going to come spilling out of the NFL with it. Right. Well, yes, we knew it was coming, but until we knew it it was happening, I think there is a difference, right? Um, Now, I think we've gone from, hey, we think this is going to happen. It makes all the sense in the world for it to happen to it's happening. Even though, even though hiring Allen and company does not mean he will make an official bid, Listen, and Jeff Bezos can spend you know a billion dollars on Allen and Company to secure their rights, investigate, look around, and then decide, "Pu, I'm not doing it." But for the most part, you would fully expect, right, barring some sort of weird circumstance, if he's going to this level, that he's not only interested, but that he's actually going to make a bid. And let's be yeah. honest. Who's got more money than Jeff Bezos? So Dan Snyder can sit here and parade around and leak to all of his little cronies uh, and all of his little henchmen that he's never going to sell to Jeff Bezos. We don't know if that's true. Just like we don't know if it's true or not true that he's ultimately going to sell the post or if he even has to. The simple matter is, is if Jeff Bezos is at $7.5 billion, just for argument's sake, and nobody is higher than $6.5 billion, Dan would be crazy, and the yeah. NFL would be nuts to walk away from that or to not make that marriage happen. Right. So to me, well, this is just kind of the official consummation of what we've all yeah. expected. Yeah, exactly. This, this drop in the bucket or this shoe has been falling for, for months. It's just now it's arrived and now we can say, look, there it is. And we knew it was coming. Um, the other part of this, like you kind of just said, like, you know, the, the reports or rumors or whatever you want to call them of, of Dan Snyder going around and saying, I'll never sell to Jeff Bezos and, and that guy and that newspaper uh, and all that stuff. You have to like everybody has to understand the NFL is or is is constructed the way it is for a reason. Like Dan Snyder can't just to spite the NFL 
sell the lowest bidder. Like if I bring him a hundred dollar check and a Big Mac meal from McDonald's, he can't say, you know, I'm selling to David Harrison because screw those guys. Now you all can split that hundred dollar check and that that Big Mac. No, he can't do that. There are, there are certain things put in place. Now I don't know what extent the NFL can force him to sell to this guy or that guy or that gal or that gal, but there are. I promise you there are mechanisms in place to keep Dan Snyder from making an ego-driven decision versus a business-driven decision. And I think the other part of this that needs to be taken significantly is the fact that he he hired Allen and company. Again, the New York, you just said the New York-based firm that handled the sale of the Denver Broncos and Carolina Panthers. Why is the significance that the Washington Mayors hired Eric Bieniemy? Because he won four Super Bowls in the last five years. Why is it significant to hire Allen and company? Because they helped the purchase they helped complete the purchase of two NFL franchises in the last five years. This is literally the Eric B enemy of purchasing firms that Jeff Bezos now has doing his bidding and going to Dan Snyder and going to the Washington Commanders and the National Football League and saying, here are the terms that we want to do. Here's, here's how we want to build this sale. Here's how we want to build this purchase. And oh, by the way, don't try to pull any craziness. We've done this with you two times already in right. the last four or five years. They know how it's done. They know how this thing goes. They know how to make the NFL happy. They know how to make the headlines happy. They know how to make their clients happy. It, it's it's literally Jeff Bezos coming in and saying, not only is Dan going to sell to me, but Dan's going to sell to me because I've got experience in my back pocket that's going to get this deal done. Right. And one other note, I think Allen and company actually handled Bezos' purchase of the Washington Post a couple of years back, uh, if I if I remember that uh, part of the, um, uh, of the background. Um, also, in conjunction with this, and before we get to Eric B. Enemy, Jason Wright told Michael Phillips of the Washington of the Richmond Times Dispatch and AJ Perez of Front Office Sports this when asked about what Eric B. Enemy's thoughts on the potential sale and, and involvement of Dan Snyder. He said, quote, I think Eric, just like the rest of us, sees the transition as one that's good for the organization. On the other side of it, there's nothing but upside. So, David, I would just ask you this. I, I don't really care what Eric Bieniemy thinks about Dan Snyder. You have the team president on the record saying not only is the team getting sell, sold, but it's good news and it's good for the organization. What do we make of that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is good news. That's just Jason Wright telling the truth. I mean, you know, he, he, he was brought in. He's, he's been swimming. He's been wading in these toxic waters his entire time here and so is Ron Rivera and everything they've gone through and everything they've dealt with and put up with and tried to operate an NFL franchise in the midst of all of all of this muck. It's it's not easy. It can't be easy. And, uh, you know, they put on the good company face and, and I applaud them for it because that's their job. It's what they get paid to do. But at the end of the day, the writing is on the wall. And as that writing gets more and more clear and more and more permanent, you're going to hear guys talk about, you know, probably not. They're not going to trash the insider. I don't think at least I wouldn't anticipate it. But speaking publicly about the brighter future ahead and the light at the end of the tunnel. No doubt about it. All right. We will continue to follow this story, but coming up, Eric Bieniemy's introductory press conference came before those comments that we just mentioned by Jason, right? We'll discuss how it all went down. David was there boots on the ground. As we like to say, he's coming up next with his thoughts on locked on commanders. But first, Today's episode of Locked On Commanders is presented by America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel. That's right. If you have a lot of money, you should probably bet that Jeff Bezos is going to get the ownership of the commanders. Just saying. 
But you should also bet on the NBA. It's back the second half of the season. The All-Star break is done. Game's back underway. And FanDuel has you covered because, again, they are America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet, say, on an NBA over or an NBA point spread doesn't win, you're going to get uh, again, $1,000 back. It's safe, secure, simple, easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel, again, lets you combine all your bets for a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. That's how I like to bet. What about you? Go check it out. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn uh, to learn more and make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. We welcome you back. Thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and view of the day. So Eric Bieniemy, by most or all accounts, hit one out of the park on Thursday in Ashburn. David, you were there at Command Central. What was your overall and lasting impression of what you heard and saw? Uh, I, I liked a lot of what Eric Bieniemy had to say, and I like really just kind of how clear he was. Uh, you know, and, and kind of who he is, the approach he's going to take with the players and kind of what he expects uh, from them. And I think that was kind of the most 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 valuable thing uh, to take away from, because a lot of people have been wondering who is Eric Bieniemy, What is his style? What is his personality going to be like? Like, there's a lot of unknown about Eric Bieniemy, and it goes beyond just, you know, how many plays did he call versus how many plays did Andy Reid call? And I think when you come away from it, you know, nothing that he said felt scripted. Nothing that he felt or he said felt fake. You know what I mean? And I think we've kind of all been in those situations. You meet somebody or talk to somebody and you can almost kind of feel the fakeness coming off of them sometimes, um, you know, and, and they're at the table and then speaking to him on the side. You know, uh, I was I was with our techno partners at WSA nine while, you know, Darren was was doing his interview with him. I was kind of, you know, sitting there observing behind the camera and 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 all that stuff and then getting to talk to him in the scrum and a little bit on the side, you know, shout out to. To my good buddy Herbie Tiopi of the Kansas City Star, he's he's a Chiefs beat writer, so he knows Eric Bieniemy very well, and we've been texting back and forth since the then since the announcement of the hire, and he kind of prepared me and said, you know, uh, Herbie being a retired Army guy, I'm a retired Army guy. He's like, you're going to appreciate uh, Eric Bieniemy's personality and kind of 
uh, his approach. And, and there were a lot of, of good things that uh, that Eric Bieniemy said in there as far as how to approach being a leader, being a teacher, and how to approach and manage the expectations uh, for, for your people so they know what it is going into this relationship that you expect to get from them. Yeah, you know, um, I wasn't able to be there. I was had to be live on the radio, but I was listening live on the radio. But when you listen live on the radio, you don't always get those little side uh, conversations that you were kind of pointing out. So I, I miss that part of it. And that's often where you find a way to kind of dig a little bit deeper. But the things that I heard, the things that I liked, again, listening to it live, was that the enemy in this match is kind of like what your impression was, seemed very authentic. And he seemed real as a communicator. He didn't handle himself in some buttoned up corporate three-piece suit sort of way. I mean, he was wearing a three-piece suit, but he didn't, I, I don't know if that makes sense. He didn't handle himself in a stuffy kind of conservative way and maybe something that he isn't. He talked in some generalities, you know, about players and about things that they're going to do. He did say, look, for right now, I'm not worried about being a head coach. We'll talk about that next year, right? I'm sure he knew that question was coming. Uh, maybe he could have answered it in a different way, but I'm not concerned because truly I do think these coaches, for the most part, worry about what they can control right now. He is not becoming a head coach until at least next January. And a lot of things have to happen for that. So why worry about it? Why talk about it? Why focus on it? Why concentrate on it? I think Eric Bieniemy was, again, authentic, David. And I think his coaching style, and I don't know if this makes sense to you because, again, maybe you heard it different. I think his coaching style came through in everything that he was saying to us on the mic, at least at the podium. Again, I, I don't know what he said side session-wise, but I think his coaching style was easily identified. He's feisty. He is uh, kind of loud and proud. He is tough. He is not a pushover, but he's also a guy that while he can crawl up your backside, if you're doing things lazily or wrong, he can also be your best friend and a champion. And that to me, um, it doesn't guarantee anything, but that to me stood out. Like I think the enemy is is what he is, and maybe that rubs some people the wrong way. Um, quite honestly, maybe that's part of the reason why he hasn't gotten a head coaching job is because maybe 70, 75 year old white men don't like the style that Eric Bienemy presents when he first meets you and when he starts talking ball. Yeah, he's he's direct and he's he's strong. You know what I mean? And 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 um, I don't know if owners, you know, like that, that kind of thing or dislike that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I, I can tell you that from again, and this is just a one time, you know, meeting and, and, and we'll, we'll have plenty of time to discuss the results and what happens uh, in future engagements and, and all that stuff. But just from, from talking to him today. And again, I mean, he talked for over half an hour, uh, at, at the podium, at the table, whatever you want to call it, and then did another probably hour or so of media rounds and then a scrum and then kind of just a side conversation. I mean, Eric Bannon, literally talked to the Washington media today for an hour and a half, probably uh, at least. So there were plenty of conversations had and then plenty of things said. Um, and look, uh, you know, if anybody else out there, if you listen to the Kime report, John Kime had uh, Brad Childress on his show recently. Mm -hmm. And Brad Childress is a guy that we pointed out on this show 
brought Eric Bieniemy into the NFL as far as coaching rings are concerned with Minnesota Vikings staff. And Brad Childress told a story in that in that that podcast about talking to an owner that didn't hire him and and said Brad Childress that is didn't hire Brad Childress and said, hey, can you just give me some pointers as far as the interview process and da, 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 you know, to better myself? And the guy said, yeah, honestly, I couldn't get past your mustache. I mean, you know, this owner, this unnamed owner is not even giving Brad Childress an opportunity to be an NFL head coach because he doesn't like the dude's mustache. Like, this is the thing when you when you have power, right? Power doesn't mean smart. Power doesn't mean you're a good person. Power just right. means you have power uh, sometimes. But Eric Bieniemy right. looks like the kind of guy who, when he has power, i.e. control over a player, control over – uh, and offense control over how much burn a guy is going to get that again he lays it out he he already said you know if if, if you don't work you're not going to eat and that's i'm paraphrasing because i can't remember exactly the words uh that he used but you know he's he's, he's going to be a very direct guy um if if some of these players have thin skin and don't like that they're probably not going to like eb um, but if they don't get with the picture or get with the program they're probably also not going to play and that's going to be kind of laid at their feet it's it's very simple you either do what you're asked to do or you're not going to be out there to do anything because that's how this is going to work. And, to, and me personally, that's how my leadership style was in the army when I was a leader. So I can, I can tell you that I've had some people who didn't appreciate that style. I've had some people who really love that style and the ones who got on board thrived. The ones who didn't, well, they didn't. And I call it pressure. And you get one of two things from pressure. You get diamonds and you get a pile of, 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 of dusted charcoal. Which well, one are you going to be? It's up to you. It's not, you know, it's it's really just it's up to the person receiving uh, the the information on how they interpret it, how they go out there and turn it into a product. Well, Robert Griffin III once famously uh, said and uh, had his motto and a T-shirt uh, that said, no pressure, no diamonds. I mean, it's true. I don't know. I made a T-shirt out of it. It's I, because I it was promise you that's been around since long before Robert Griffin the third, but Hey, kudos to him. It was, uh, but, it, but it's, it's true. You know what I mean? Was, and, and yeah. uh, it was Robert, but, but, but the overall yeah. point is, is some people are going to be annoyed more than just LaShawn McCoy about mm. how Eric B might coach lead talk, what have you, as long as Eric B doesn't cross a line that is kind of an imaginary line in the sand in terms of what he might say to a player or another human being, I don't care about any of that. If you can't get with the program, if you're not tough enough, if you're not resilient enough, then you're the 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 really good odds are you're probably not going to be the kind of player that they want to move forward with. And maybe that's a general yeah. sweeping statement, uh, but I believe that to be true. But coming up, some guys, and I know at least one guy was in attendance. Uh, and he's tough enough. I know that. They were on hand to see their new assistant head coach and offensive coordinator introduced. We'll discuss who was there, the significance of it, and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. More than a few Commanders players were on hand in Ashburn to see Eric Ian be introduced to the media for the first time as he watched Commanders' new assistant head coach and offensive coordinator, including 
Terry McLaurin, Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, Sadiq Charles, Cameron Curl, John Bates. I, I don't want to miss anybody. Shaka Tony uh, was also there. And quarterback number one of the future, Sam Howell, Jahan Dotson, also there. I don't remember if I said his name already. Um, so kind of going back to the, the previous conversation we just had in this last segment, right? So part of so there's one thing to be direct, there's one thing to be uh unreasonable, right? And then this is where I got the the idea that Eric Bieniemy is not just going to be direct and and going to be firm, but he's also going to be reasonable because he mentioned in the scrum. So you have the again, you have the press conference, the TV interviews, the scrum, and then the side conversation. He mentioned in the scrum when he was kind of asked about something. He said, "Look, you know these players are going to get the the teaching, they're going to get the lead they get, and they've got to turn that into production." Now he he also said it doesn't mean that it's kind of the old school Bill Parcells way of saying just do what I say because I said to do it and don't ask any questions. Cause he said, he understands that today's generation of player, they're a little bit different. They're built a little bit different. And, and again, I try to correlate this kind of back to my time in the army. I, I had a lot of conversations with other younger leaders about this very topic. You know, soldiers, when my dad was in the army, you said, take that hill. They took that hill. You know what I mean? They didn't ask any questions. They just ran. When I came in the army, it was a little bit more like that, but we we're kind of started getting into this, this phase of, Soldiers are smarter and soldiers want to know the purpose, the why of what they're doing. And by the time I retired, it's full blown. The soldiers need to know the whys. Well, if you're a leader and you can adapt and say, here's the why. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Terry McLaurin, I need you to come out here. I need you to get off this press. I need you to break your stem inside, you know, work your work your defender. So that when you make that outside break towards the pylon, you're free and clear. I need you to accelerate. I need you to look the ball in your hands and score us a touchdown. Terry McLaurin says, why an old school coach old school, quote unquote, who's not going to be able to connect to that player is not say, because I told you to. That's not going to work in today's National Football League. Like it or not, whatever it is, that's not going to work. Eric Bieniemy understands. His players need to know the why of what they're doing. And he's going to give that to them along with the expectations. And then it's up to them to put all those ingredients. And so I just want to make sure we're, we're painting a, a proper picture here. It's not like EB is just going out there saying, right. lay on the ground and do what I tell you to do. He's also looking to bond and get to know these players, which is something he emphasized over and over again, is understanding them. And that's going to be incredibly important, Chris, with quarterback Sam Howell coming into his second season, uh, expected to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, how you communicate with players, maybe that starts with what happened on Thursday with that first initial meeting, right? I think you can communicate with players better if you have a better relationship, if they trust you. And Eric Bieniemy talked about trust. So them being there is a sign, a tip of the cap, a sign of respect. Hey, welcome. You know, uh, let, 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 you know, let's briefly talk. I know you're getting swamped, but, you know, five minutes to bend your ear or whatever. We're not really allowed to talk during this period of time, right? The NFL has rules uh, about that. So, you know, players are kind of limited. Coaches are very limited. Uh, but David, I I think how you treat somebody, you know, comes out of, you know, whether you can develop mutual respect. And like you were trying to say, you know, and compare it to your time in the Army, I don't have that same experience. But I just know, you know, people like if you tell me, you know, to to run a, a, a post this way, right? As opposed to the way I'm, I think I should run it, or maybe the way the previous staff taught it. And I say, why there's a way you can say, why coach, you know, can, can you tell me why I'm wrong? Or can you tell me what's the difference as opposed to why, you know, like that. And then there's a way that you can explain it to the player. 
here's why I want you to do it this way versus do it this way or, you know, something like that with no explanation and no layers and no context. So again, that's all called relationship building. And really, and honestly, I think it's as much coaching in today's day and age, kind of like what you said, is maybe old school coaches used to say, just do it and do it this way. No talk back, no explanations needed. What have Now it's, you know, hey, I want you to do it this way. Here's why I want you to do it this way. Does that make sense? Do you understand why I'm trying to... You know, like, let's talk about it if we have an issue. And I think that's the difference. I think that's where Eric Bieniemy is when he talked about developing a trust and, a, and, and, and getting to know guys so that they buy into him and so that he buys into them. I think that's all the things that he was talking about. If you look at what Patrick Mahomes said on Twitter, uh, and we'll get more into that on our next episode about Eric Bieniemy just on Thursday. If you listen to what Tyreek Hill said on his podcast, who are you going to trust that and those guys or one disgruntled player in LaShawn McCoy? I think overall the players that showed up today showed up because they understand that respect and a good relationship is very important. Uh, obviously with Eric B and I'm sure uh, that meant a lot to him. And, and, and just real quickly, David, I, I would wrap up this conversation by saying, look, you know, you've been now at a bunch of these, uh, I've been at every head coach that I've covered over the last, you know, 13 years or whatever, uh, you know, uh, Landon Collins and Robert Griffin and and all sorts of people. And they all sound great in these introductory press conferences. But one thing we have to remember, you're still zero and zero. You still haven't scored a single point just because you knocked one out of the park with an introductory press conference and you made some great sound bites and you made a great impression doesn't mean that things are going to go smoothly in the way you want them. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, words don't win games, you know, at the end of the day, you know what I mean? But I think that what, what Eric Bianami was able to show uh, is kind of why he is respected by the people mm-hmm. uh, that he's respected by. He has an approach that you can relate to. He, he speaks in a way that's clear, concise. He wasn't speaking over anybody's head. He didn't come out trying to make everybody, you know, feel in awe of his football IQ and knowledge. Like, you know, it it was very effective communication. And I think uh, that that's, that's something that, you know, again, it's not going to just automatically add wins, you know, to your, to your win column, but it's something that should be uh, acknowledged and and praised, of course, as we were doing here. And, and as far as the players being there, I'll I'll tell you, you know, some people could take it as kind of a throwaway show of solidarity or whatever, but I, I don't think that it is, you know, at the end of the day, these guys don't have to be there and they, and they chose, uh, to be there, and it wasn't just a couple of guys. It was it was a lot of those guys. Logan Thomas was all, also there. Um, I don't think I mentioned him um, earlier. And and look, some of these guys like they they came in for this. Like they weren't here. They weren't in Ashburn beforehand. They came in for this, and they're heading out. I talked to a couple of the players that were on hand, and you know none of it was on the record, so I'm not going to really divulge uh, a lot about it. But some of those guys, they were not here. They came here, and now they're going to leave again here in the coming days to go back to where they came from. So, I mean, so that is significant uh, as well. And and I will tell you too, that look, there are some guys who are in Ashburn that didn't show up to it. And that doesn't say anything negative about those guys. You know what I mean? But it's just, I think it's just significant to understand that this wasn't, you know, uh, just kind of a throwaway appearance. And then again, an hour plus look, you can, you can fool anybody for about 10 minutes, but an hour plus in a room trapped with a whole bunch of journalists, we're going to find out if you're fake. I'll tell you that right now. And uh, at least for this first meeting, Eric enemy certainly, uh, you pass the sniff test, as they like to say. The real deal, for sure. All right. We will have much more on Eric Bieniemy's introductory press conference and the ongoing 
perhaps bid to purchase the Washington Commanders by Jeff Bezos. That was our top story on this episode. But we thank you again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and view of the day. If you want to hop in, please do so. Locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com or hit the LO Commanders DM at LO Commanders on Twitter. Um, of course, David and I will be back together uh, again. Uh, David, what, we have one more episode before the end of the week, and we will uh, yep. kind of dig a little bit deeper, maybe. Uh, find some of those diamonds in the rough, if you will, uh, from Eric Bieniemy and everything else uh, on what it all means and how it could all play out on the next edition of the Locked On Commanders podcast. But again, we appreciate you for making us your first listen and view of the day. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. For David Harrison, covering the Washington Commanders for Commander Country on SI.com's Fan Nation, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medher show on the Team 980 and always live and free on the Odyssey app. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind, be thank, uh, be, be kind and thank you for joining us right here on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.